Welcome to the Rabbitohs Top 4 Podcast. Proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Here are your hosts, Mark Ellison, Shannon Donato and Jeremy Monaghan. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Rabbitohs Top 4 podcast as we remove our masks here in the uh, the Rabbitohs uh, studios here at Kingsford. Of course, our Rabbitohs Top 4 podcast is powered by Audio-Technica and proudly presented by What If. What If has you covered for accommodation, flights, car hire and more. So if you're looking for a holiday, travelling for business or you need to get to the game, visit whatif.com slash Rabbitohs. What If, it's Aussie for travel. My name is Jeremy Monaghan. I am the media manager here at the Rabbitohs and I'd like to welcome my co-host, Remotely from Redfern Oval, Mark Ellison. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, Jeremy, uh, apart from being in the bubble again, but um, it's just part of life in Sydney these days and, and across the world. So um, we're happy to get the job done inside here and get make sure the football stays on. Yeah, speaking of the of the bubble, it's it's probably a a really key point of the the season where the teams that handle this period the best are probably going to go a long way to winning the competition, especially the teams up the top of the ladder where we find ourselves at the moment. I think you're right, Jez. I think that the great thing we have, though, is the experience we gained last year in, in, this, in these sort of circumstances. And, um, you know, we've got to you know, dip our lids to the government here, the state government, in, in doing a good job to try and keep it under control and not putting everyone into a forced lockdown straight away apart from, from you know, the, the players and the staff, etc. But, no, we've done it before and we just have to get on with it again. Last time there was a lot of uncertainty about how long it was going to go and it went through the whole season. But, um, you know, this is a day-to-day thing and we have to be governed by the medical authorities. And obviously Gladys is doing a great job in, in you know, getting all that information together and, and making the right decisions on the back of it. So... Um, for me, the positive side is I don't think it'll go on as long as it did last year, and hopefully, it, you know, it's a week by week proposition, and maybe this time next week or the week after it'll be back with restrictions lifted a little bit, as far as we're concerned. Yeah, fingers crossed that everyone does the right thing. And uh, as we said, we took our masks off earlier on. We're making sure we're doing the right things here on the uh, the Rabbitohs Top Four podcast. Now, I'm one short at the desk. Today, he was here a few minutes ago, maybe. Oh, here he is. The here magician's is. back. Yeah, yeah. He's got the disappearing act like that. What, what happened, Jez? He was his, looking uh, for a face mask, and he couldn't find a tablecloth big enough to wrap around his <laughs> melon. That's what was going on there. So. <laughs> Modelling my great Rabbitohs mask right now. It's lovely to see you, Shannon. <laughs> lovely to see you too, Marge. Where did you disappear to? I just had some urgent business to attend to. Oh, I'm always looking business. after the club. <laughs> Not COVID-related, I hope. No. No, <laughs> definitely not, he said. Oh, very good. Um, oh, there we go. You keeping count? Yes, that's one. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm not going to avoid good. it today. Bugger it. You I'm going to turn, turn it into our thing. Embrace it. Yeah, absolutely. You guys, um, be, you guys being outside the bubble, has any been any socialising this week at all, Shannon? Oh, I've uh, been servicing our sponsors the best we possibly can, LA. That's what we take pride in is making sure that our... Our sponsors have a great relationship with the club, so yes, we've been having, uh, been looking after our sponsors and doing a bit of socialising. That's no, very good, very good. <laughs> Heard you doing a great job of it. And, 
Um, Paying for it this morning by, yeah, by yeah. the sound and smell of it. It's, and it's not, it's, you know, I, can nearly, I can nearly feel it over here, Jez. I mean, Redford, you're the juniors. Anyway. The good people at Zoom can do some amazing things. <laughs> Very good. Um, of course, we start each week with what is something that you've learned this week. And, Ello, we'll start with you on this one. I just alluded to it earlier, Jez. I'm really happy, you know, as far as across the world, how COVID's been affecting countries and, and even states within Australia. I'm really happy the way it's being handled by our government. Um, you know, there hasn't been any panic, etc. I know the numbers are going up. They may have to make a decision in the next couple of days if it keeps rising. But uh, I'm glad they're not just they're taking the advice of the, the uh, you know, medical authorities and making good decisions so far. So that's what I've learnt, and it's something I've, we've sort of known throughout the whole uh, epidemic period that uh, I think our state and, and Gladys is handling very well. Yeah. Shannon, what have you learnt this week? Well, I've learnt that our storm techs are very warm. We've got our storm techs in. It's free, been freezing cold and wearing our storm. The new storm techs that are out, they're actually... Uh, fantastic and warm this time of year, so I encourage everybody to jump online and, and get theirs because they're very warm. Uh, but I I went to the library, actually. I thought, yeah, I knew we had this segment. I thought, oh, I've got to learn something. So I, I went to the library and I thought, yeah, it's a good place to learn. I thought I'd look up some psychology and I, w- I went into the librarian and I said, excuse me, do you have any books on paranoia? And she said, they're behind you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't it, use them on the weeks that okay. you're not up for no, no, no. <laughs> I, I thought it must have been a joke. Well, you've gone 47 years without doing any research before. Why would you start this week? Actually, I, I invented a new word, actually, while, whilst I was in the library. It's called plagiarism. <laughs> Very good. Oh, there's two. Oh, there's I two. Like yeah. this I morning, like mate. it. I like it. The thing that I've, I've learnt this week, well, it was more a reminder, is just the attraction of Latrell Mitchell to kids now we're obviously a staunch Rabbitohs household but state of origin's never really done it for me it's not one of the massive things that I look forward to each year I, I don't have that passion for the state of origin game like I do for the Rabbitohs or and, Star Wars yeah or Star Wars <laughs> or Lego or anything anything else nerdy yeah yeah origin doesn't get you but Lego does that's fantastic Jesus. <laughs> But my daughter, my five-year-old daughter, is now the proud owner of a New South Wales Blues jersey with Latrell and number three on the back. Fantastic. And that was just after seeing highlights from the last game. She said, Dad, can I have one of those jerseys? Yes. And I said, yeah. And she said, is that his name on the back? I said, yeah, it says Mitchell and three. And she said, can I get his name on the back? And I said, yeah, do you want Latrell or Mitchell? She goes, I call him Latrell. Yes. So Very she good. got Latrell and number three on the back. So she's ready for Sunday night for uh, game two. She's got a kit all sorted. So Good on her. And if he can play like he did in game one, I tell you what, it's going to be a hell of a game and the, the Blues are a good chance. Yeah, big time, big time. All right, let's get into our first top four topic of the morning. And speaking of origin, it's the top four Rabbitohs that should have played State of Origin but didn't. We're going to start with you, Shannon. Okay, well... Obviously, excluding myself because we take that as a given. Um, well, I'll start working through the. You you the, elected the, to play for Italy. The top four, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess the international honours were too tempting. Yeah. Uh, had to the decline the, the origin invitation. <laughs> yes. Can we get on with it, mate? <laughs> uh, 
The first one is our very own John Sutton. I know he got called in the camp, and but he never actually got to take the field. And I just he, how he never got picked for Origin, I, I still can't fathom it. Uh, he was also he's also got picked for City in two thousand and eight and two thousand and nine, but unfathomably, he's uh, never been picked for Origin. He's played, he said, 339 games for the club. 336. 336 games for the club between 2004 and 2019 and was consistently our best player and somehow, inexplicably, never got picked for Origin. So I had to start with him. He's on my list as well. He's on mine too. Yeah, there's an interesting story about his non-selection. So if you remember at the time during the media, they were... They were promoting it as a, a face-off with him and Josh Reynolds for the number six jersey. And we were all watching him train and get involved in the camp. And uh, at the time, I was looking after our digital channels with our, our small digital team that we had at the time. And um, we were waiting for words. So there was a press conference to be held on whatever particular day it was. And Laurie Daly was going to come out to announce who it was. And so I'm keeping an eye on the Twitter feed of the New South Wales Blues to see if they broke the news early because it's their news. And about five minutes before, not even five minutes, maybe two minutes before the uh, the press conference, I think it may have been Adam Pengilly or someone like that from the Sydney Morning Herald, broke on his Twitter account, John Sutton to be picked for the Blues. And I'm like, righto, we've got to be ready to go here, one of our... Greatest ever is going to be picked for New South Wales here. We're, we're ready to go. We've got all our graphics, our stories. Ready. We're ready to press the button. Then about a minute later, the New South Wales Blues official Twitter account, New South Wales Rugby League, goes out with John Sutton selected for New South Wales, Laurie Daly to speak shortly. So we've gone beautiful. It's official. New South Wales have tweeted. So we've gone bang, publish on the story, publish on our Twitter post, publish on our Facebook post. Everything's good. We're watching the... Press conference and Laurie Daly says, yep, I'm uh, pleased to say I've selected Josh Reynolds. Oh, God. And I'm like, (laughs) what? (laughs) New South Wales just announced John Sutton. So we're frantically unpublishing our stories and deleting our tweets and everything before we find out what's going on. So I ring the, the, um, the New South Wales Rugby League media manager because at the time there was a New South Wales Rugby League media manager and a New South Wales Blues media manager. Right. And the New South Wales Rugby League media manager said to me, oh, I saw the Herald tweet it, so I thought that's what was going to happen. You're kidding. So he tweeted it out from the official account. He's from the New South Wales Rugby Rugby League. League. And he's responding to media. Yes. So then I rang the New South Wales Blues media manager. I said, what happened there? He said, they didn't ask me. I said, didn't you think to tell them? Like, aren't you guys talking? Yeah, goodness me. They weren't talking to each other. Yeah. So it caused all this angst amongst our fan base because we'd gone out and gone with the official word from yeah. the New South Wales Blues account and it's caused terrible. all this heartache for That's all what, of our fans. What about, Honestly, I don't think the coach so- spoke to the players either, Jess. Well, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's what I'm going to say for Sutto and his family and all everybody involved. Yeah, that's it. Um, Ello, you would have been around Sutto at the time. How did, how did he handle all that? Uh, yeah, Sato, he takes things as they come. and it, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't remember it vividly, but um, I always know Sato, you know, he was always happy to play for South and rep teams and that. It didn't worry him that much. But I think this time being so close uh, would have been a great honour for him. But, um, yeah, he, he always put the Rabbitohs first, I must say. A bit like you, Jez. So, 
Sutto, uh, Sutto had an interesting history with um, representative teams. It's a funny story. When, when he first broke in to the NRL in 2004, he got picked in the Prime Minister's 13 squad at the end of the season to go to Papua New Guinea. And Brent Reid, who now works for the Australian and, uh, and Triple M and a couple of TV stations, he was working at AAP at the time, and he rang me and he said, do you think I could have a word to John Sutton about getting his first rep jersey? And I said, yeah, I'll ring him and check. So I rang Sutto, and Sutto was down at one of the local footy games. I think it must have been the finals of the juniors or something, and he was down there watching that. And he said, yeah, I'm happy to talk to him. So I put Reedy in contact with Sutto, and he said, uh, what are your thoughts on going on your first trip over to Papua New Guinea and he said oh well I won't be going I've booked a surfing trip to Bali so <laughs> so I'm not going this is what he's told the journo so Reedy and God bless his soul rings me and says Jess you might want to have a word to him <laughs> about what he's saying I'm not going to run that story but yes. just oh, have a word so I rang and I said mate don't say that I said say look I'm, I'm really honoured to be um, selected, wearing the green and gold, it's a great honour and I look forward to it. And then if it turns out that you don't go, you, you don't go. But you don't want to disrespect a potential, yes, yes. a potential rep jersey and have that on your record yeah. for the rest of it. And So I rang Reedy and, and Sato said, yeah, sorry, Jez, shouldn't have said that. Reedy rings him back. <laughs> he says, I'll ask you the question again. What are your thoughts on getting your first... Oh, look, it's a real honour. I'm really honoured <laughs> to be picked in the team, but unfortunately I'm going to be in Bali surfing with my mates, so I'm not going to go with so I rang Reedy. Uh, I said, Reedy rang me again. I said, give me one more shot. <laughs> I said, Sutto, say these words. Oh, That's it. Yeah. And then Reedy rang me back. He said those words and they ran. And I don't think he went on the tour. I think he went to Bali and yeah, surfed with yeah. his mates. He did well protecting him and the clutch as well. Done. Hence, very, hence, very well. Done. That's me saying he enjoyed the Rabbitohs more than rep footy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, he never played for Fiji or no. anything like that, did he? I'm sure he would have had opportunities over the years, but... I think, as you say, he, he always put the Rabbitohs first and making sure he was right during pre-seasons and also his family, one spending thing, some time with his family over that break period. One thing with Sato, too, his family's always been a big part of his life and also his surfing. Uh, he, he loves surfing as much as he loves his rugby league. Yeah. And, you know, he surfs oh, many, many times a week. And I think yeah. that was a big part in what he was doing as well back then. Yeah. So, he was telling me over the own. last... Uh, he was saying over the last off-season when they were allowed back in the surf, because they weren't able to surf last year during the, the COVID period when he was allowed back out, he was surfing three times a day. Wow. Yeah. yeah right. He doesn't train three times a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was playing footy. That's, that's a good way to get fit anyway. It is. You should try it, Ella. <laughs> <laughs> they make boards that big. <laughs> Is it not, not an ocean big enough, Shannon, for you? <laughs> if there was no surf, if you fell in, you soon would be. Hello, I can tell you. I missed that one, sorry. That's okay. You, you resemble that remark, don't worry about it. All right, so we've got Sato. Sato's number one. Another player who I think was built for origin, he could just hit like an axe. He was a giant, tough guy. He's the great Charlie Frith. Mm. He would have been great. You know, everyone loves the big hits in... Origins is one of the trademark mm. is the is the gladiatorial nature of it and Charlie Frith who played uh, just under fifty matches for our club between seventy nine and eighty one I reckon he would have just been perfectly 
perfectly made and built his style for Origin. I reckon he would have been a real asset to um, the Blues side. I don't, he, he lives in Queensland now, but I don't actually know if he was born a New South Welshman or, or he's a Queenslander. Do you know, Ella? Oh, I think he was a New South Welshman, mate. I can't remember yeah, what I think town he, he came he, from, but I'm pretty sure he, he was a New South Welshman. Yeah, I know he's got a big property up there, but Big Charlie would have been great for Origin. Another big hitter who played for us but, uh, for a few years, he had 33 appearances for the Rabbitohs, is Peter Johnson. Mm. Jono, he could hit. He could hit like nobody else. And you could see even when I was a young kid watching him play, you'd see the players run towards him and then always step away f- from him because they knew if he got them, they were, they were going to feel it. So he's another one. And then a guy... Um, who I went to school with and played junior league is my fourth. And I think he might be the youngest guy to ever play for the Rabbitohs or maybe the youngest guy to um, play debut in first grade. He's Paul Mellor. Yeah, he is our young, the youngest Rabbitoh of all time. There you go. And, yeah, Paul played 107 matches for us. He was with us um, between 91 and 96 and then again in 2006 and, and seven. Um, and Paul... Debuting at such a young age, he was a prodigious talent. He dominated in the junior reps. He dominated at schoolboys footy. And even when he came to first grade, he was playing really good football, even as a kid. And I thought, he's going to go on and he's going to play Origin and he's going to go and play for Australia. But he, for whatever reason, he never he never quite got there. But he was a great player for us. So, uh, Paul, I still think, would have played very well at Origin level. So, my four are Sato, the big Charlie Frith, and the other big hitter, Peter Johnson, and the great Paul Mellor. Very good selections there. Hello, who's on, on your list? Before I go there, I thought Paul Mellor, I had quite a bit to do with him. I used to teach him at school and then uh, he came through the system at the Rabbitohs. And yeah, as Shannon said, he played, he played well, well over 150 first grade games, closer to 200, I think, between uh, the Rabbitohs and the Sharks. And he came back in, in 2007 to the Rabbitohs and he, he was part of that team that made the charge and were the first team to make the playoffs since 1989. And he was on the wing there. And he, he was playing as good as football that year as he'd ever played because I think he knew it was his last year um, mm. and he made the most of it all the way. And it was... Um, yeah, I'd agree with you on that one, Shannon. He was an amazing talent, Paul Mellor. And, uh, and one of the true nice guys of rugby league. Yeah. Just a... Champion fella, never said no, always happy to help out. And and I remember his last game um, out at ANZ Stadium and we had our members function up on the, the balcony area there and he went up after the game in his suit and um, spoke to all the members that went there and they, they played the tribute video that we'd produced for the big screen. They played it on the projector screen that we had up there and he was in tears about it. You could just tell he loved the club and... and really cherish the fact that he could start his career and finish his career at South Sydney. Yeah, he absolutely did. I, I know his whole family. His father refereed in the mm. in the junior league here. His, uh, his sister's produced uh, two very good footballers in our junior league as well. They're, mm. a, they're a hardcore Rabbitohs family, and mm. he certainly did love the club. Yeah. Still does. Okay, well... Hello, we're over to you. I had John Sutton like you, Shannon, like, mm. like all of us, I'd say. Yeah, that goes sort of without saying... This one that I think has slipped through the radar is Rennie Matua. Um, oh, he yeah. came through and came through in the juniors at the Rabbitohs, and he was just a hard, yeah, you know, no questions asked football. He just got on the field. He was a solid defender, very skillful, good ball running player, and and played played for his mates and with his mates very well. And I think yeah. that's what Origin's all about. The the guy 
the guys playing next year having respect for you. And uh, he's won in that arena, I'm sure everyone would have respected. You know, it was great. He was a South junior coming through. Mm. Went on one, obviously had to leave the club uh, when we were thrown out of the competition. Went on and made, had a really good career with the Bulldogs, winning a couple of premierships, I think, with them. Uh, but if we hadn't have been thrown out, he'd, he'd have still been with us, I'm sure. Yeah. He still got involved this year with Sato, helping out coaching in the in the SG Ball and Harold Matsteens, which was great to have have those guys back getting involved. And uh, I'm sure he'll continue his association with us. Um, another one, I you know, I go back and selfishly, there was a bloke in in that I played with in the 80s and played all my junior rep football with, and you might you might feel it strange when I mention his name, but he was one of the most robust hardest running and tackling wingers I ever played with. And that was that was Ross Harrington. Um, mm. He was, you know, he made a mess of a lot of players that he ran into. I remember one day at, at Redfin Oval, he ran over the Roosters fullback Gary Worth and just knocked him out cold. And then he played, we played a game against Combined, it was my debut game against Combined Brisbane. And he came off the back fence off a kickoff and ran into Wally Filton Smith, who was a, you know, a recognised Queensland origin player back then. And and Rossi just made mince meat of him. He got up, they took him off, his shoulder was wrecked and everything like that. But he, he was just, you know, played the game really hard and tough. He'd come up through our juniors, played for Larper in the juniors, and I don't think he would have been out of place um, in origin. Okay, so a great player. And the, the last one, the last one I came up with, not many people would recognise this one either, but... Um, you know, he, he played with our club. He played with a few other clubs as well. He used to love a knuckle here and there. He used to get involved. You know, he, you know, he, you know, played hooker. Uh, loved the club. Had to leave the club. Fought in tunnels. And everything. Told everyone how good a player he was. And he's still doing it today. And that's the bloke on our podcast, Shannon Donato. He, he, will tell, <laughs> he will tell everyone he should have played for New South Wales. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Alan. Uh, no, I think, yeah, I should have had you at number team one. in origin? <laughs> I, was, I was a bit worried when you jumped in early and gave yourself a rap, you'd steal my thunder, so I had to go around in a different way. <laughs> actually, um, I, I actually played in the New South Wales under-15s. I was 24 at the time. So <laughs> I, I got picked in the 15s. So. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Uh, well, I had a few different ones, actually, on my oh. list. I had, um, I had, and probably ones that people wouldn't say, but I had John Sutton and then Ben Lowe. So he was actually 18th man for Queensland while he was um, playing with us. He was just yeah. a workhorse and... Queensland loved those sorts of players in their in their forward pack that just would do do things that no one else would do if it wasn't for Queensland. And Benny was that sort of bloke that I reckon if he'd got that opportunity of not being 18th and moving into the team into the, into the top 17, I reckon he would have um, he would have thrived at that level. Um, another one that I've got on my list is Yeelam Buddy Gordon. Oh, Buddy yes. could have yeah. been anything, yep. and he openly admits that he made some mistakes in his career, a few bad decisions, and it, it, it cost him probably those sorts of honours. But when he burst onto the scene, he was, I think he was 17 years old, maybe 18, and uh, he went from SG ball to first grade in six weeks, yeah. playing in the centres. And I remember talking to, to GI about him uh, when we used to share an office in the old Redfern Oval, so we'd get to talking about all sorts of different things. And I remember him saying to me, 
um, because South Juniors used to regularly play up around that that Group Two, Group Three, Northern New South Wales still do. region. They still do, yes. still do. Yeah, yeah. Queen's, Queen's birthday weekend. There you Just go. Well, yeah. well, Greggy told me he used to dread coming up against Buddy. Is that right? He'd have a look at the team list of the South Juniors team that'd go up there, and he'd see Buddy's name on it, and he'd be like, "Oh, this bloke." Really? Gives me problems. Like that's a fair rap <laughs> from, from uh, someone like Greg Inglis. So, um, yeah. So Yelene Buddy Gordon for me, and and one final one, Phil Blake. Oh yes, the man was a genius on the field and played. I reckon played some of his best football at South. Yep. Um, Can I and jump I in there, Jez? I'm not sure he didn't play State of Origin. I think he did. I don't want to. I don't want to bust the party up here, mate. I okay. Well, that, I don't think that, he played while he was with us. That might be a trivia question. So maybe I'll just week. use that loophole. <laughs> <laughs> I'll use that loophole. Uh, yeah, 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 Brad yeah. Um, hears about this, Jeremy. Well, I'm looking forward to Brad's comprehensive email. Yes. Then I'll check it with Michael. <laughs> <laughs> but as, as, if he didn't play, it was a travesty, that's for sure. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to give him a rap anyway. Yes. He played with a 1,000 clubs. He probably should have got <laughs> more of a chance if he did play one or two Origins. He should have played more because he was... Unbelievable, and, and probably in the mould of a, of a Cliff Lyons, just that magical sort of player. And Cliffy played uh, a decent amount of origin, and, and I think um, Blakey was probably unlucky not to uh, to represent New South Wales more or at all. Yeah. Well, Blakey <laughs> no, was unfortunate. He played in, a year, in an era where we had so many great halves and five eights that played for New South yeah. Wales. I mean, we had we, in that in that era we had uh, Steve Mortimer started off then. Well, Tommy Radonikus first, then Steve Mortimer, mm. then Peter Sterling, and then mm. the five eights were Terry Lamb and, and Brett Kenny. So yeah. it was pretty difficult. They were some pretty pretty good players as well. Yeah, but, that's um, right. Plus Cliffy Lines, yeah, and yeah. Cliffy Lines as well. But see, the game was a bit different there. Blakey these days would have been number fourteen in your team and just come on. Yes, and like like a Craig Wing style in in his, yes. in his area. Era with the yeah. uh, in state of origin. But you might uh, be a bit old now, but I do understand what you're trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good on you, Jez. Did, you, you, see, did you, you see Alfie Langer the, the other week? Because I told you Phil Blake's played for New South Wales. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you see Alfie Langer talking about the, the Broncos of the, the 90s um, a couple of weeks ago? And someone asked him, would they beat the Melbourne Storm, and he said, oh, yeah, I reckon we, we probably could, but it might be a bit tough. And they said, what do you say? He said, well, we're all in our 60s now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. yeah, very good. Very good. Yeah, I thought that, I thought that was a, a, an excellent line. So that was a good uh, lead into Origin this Sunday. And uh, are you two gentlemen pumped for Origin? Or Yeah, I'm yeah. really looking forward to it. I think, um, you know, Queensland obviously – Embarrassed in the first game, and playing at Brisbane, they'll be a much better mm. side. So I think it's going to be a cracker of a game. Yeah, poor old Joy Arrow with the infection in his arm, the yeah. same as Gags with his tonsillitis, and yeah, yeah, that's many old. other Queenslanders over oh, the years with on. their ailments. Let me get the violin. Out, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> but there's no, there's no doubt they'll be a better team uh, this time with Papali or Papali, as we used to call him, coming back in the team. He'll strengthen their forward pack. And obviously, if, if Christian Welsh can, you know, he survives a HIA and doesn't get knocked out again. I mean, yeah. he's, he's been one of the form front rowers in the competition. You, yeah. you know, any team that plays Melbourne, 
You know, they know that he's he's their driving force up the middle, around the middle of the field. He does all their work, not all of their work, but but tidies up a lot of stuff and has a massive work rate. And that's what happened to Queensland in in, in the first game. He came off the mm. field. We were brilliant. There's no doubt about that. We were brilliant, but we we managed to get forward more than what we might this time. So uh, I still think we'll win, but it'll be nowhere near as uh, the margin won't be near as big as what it was the last game. There you go. As spoken by the Oracle. A close <laughs> origin win to New South Wales. Jez won't be watching. He'll be playing with his Lego bricks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's uh, head to our first break here on the Rabbitohs Top 4 podcast. Now, I feel like we've already done our live read for our merchandise shop <laughs> this week. We've talked about the fabulous Rabbitohs masks, which if you're watching our video on the website, you can you can see them there. They're, they're all in stock and there's various colours in the, the masks. And you spoke about the uh, you spoke about the Stormtech yes. jackets. Are they in stock or are they on pre-sale at the moment? Uh, they're actually in, in stock, in store. So you can come in, pick them up. Uh, they're fantastic. They, they're... Very different to anything we've done before, but they're, they're already proving very popular. So I um, encourage everybody to jump online or come in the shop and, and pick up their storm tick because they'll go quickly. Yeah, so they, they're thought, green this year. I, I think thought, it's the I first thought we had these green in one. four weeks ago. I've been hearing about their storm tick <laughs> every week for four weeks. <laughs> Just, you know, getting the pre-sales going. I'm doing what I do to keep our... Uh, commercial program strong uh, so so they are green and yes. on the back there's a big map of the world which yeah. matches with uh, one or one of Russell's uh, let me start again Russell Crowe's uh, key things which is the world is red and green and he firmly believes that there's a, a little bit of South Sydney in everyone in the world absolutely and as you said that's that's uh, exemplified by the design on the back mm. of the jersey and uh, it's it's Proving very popular, as I said. Very good. Well, jump into shop.rabbitos.com.au or if you're in the Kingsford area, come upstairs to level four of the juniors at Kingsford and visit the the store. The the girls in the shop will help you out with anything that you need in terms of merchandise. But, of course, at the moment with COVID about shop.rabbitos.com.au may be your best option. Now, something I wanted to bring up about, about merchandise, there's been a bit of commentary online about the $50 vouchers that were available um, to some of our members and, and some saying that there, there wasn't a lot of stock on the online shop and I guess from our point of view that's not a bad thing because it means a lot of things being sold out but a lot of that stock is now being replenished especially the classic sportswear gear. That's right we've had two big drops of classic kit um, both um, on field apparel but also uh, the off, off field winter wear so uh, everybody can get that online now and in stories you said yeah look we order enough gear, but our sales are outstripped last year um, mm. um, by a big margin. And, you know, we've sold lots of gear and we had to restock and it doesn't come in too quickly from China. So we, we, we got it in as quickly as we could and uh, we're restocked. So everybody should jump online and have a look. And I think those vouchers are valid until October anyway yeah, so right. plenty of time to spend those members if you haven't been able to at the moment and make sure you jump online at shop.rabbitos.com.au to use your vouchers and to check out all the range that we have at the Rabbitohs online shop now 
Now, with no footy this week, I thought it'd be um, interesting to have a look at something a little bit different with our second top four topic, and that is the top four club songs or, or team victory songs that you've heard, and we don't necessarily have to keep it to rugby league either. So we'll start off with you, Shannon. What are your uh, your options? Well, I think we all know at least one that we'll all pick. Y- yes, yeah. So I, I, I didn't pick that one. Is that yeah. the Italian I'll, I'll, song? I'll, <laughs> How does no, the Italian they win, victory they? song go? Did you win or <laughs> um, <laughs> when when you beat Moldova? Like, what, what did you see? Like, well, they like Pakistan. <laughs> like, like World War One and World War Two, Jez, we didn't have much success. So. <laughs> the Italian team, unfortunately, no. Um, so moving on to uh, team songs. Uh, the iconic "You'll Never Walk Alone" Liverpool oh. In, the, oh, yeah. in the Premier League over there. Uh, Jerry Marsden, Jerry from Jerry and the Pacemakers. He he actually passed away in January this year. Oh. Jerry, who sang that song, but what an iconic song it is! Yeah. You know, it's just spine tingling when you when you hear them all singing it together. And I've never been there live for it. Um, but I reckon it would just be amazing just seeing it on TV. It's yeah, spine yeah. tingling. So, got an interesting story about that. So, w- when we were over for the World Club Challenge, I went and did a, a tour of Anfield. Um, I was there a day earlier and a day later than the team, so I had that day to myself before we flew back. So, I went and did a tour of Anfield, and they take you underneath what's called the cop stand, which is a, at one end behind the goals, and it's where all the the Liverpool fans sing and dance and jump up and down. And in the change rooms underneath, and I actually brought this up with Madge to see if we could <laughs> copy it somehow at Stadium Australia. Copy the cop. The, 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 uh, yeah, the, the home dressing rooms are sound insulated. Oh, so they yeah. can't hear any of it. But the away dressing rooms yeah. aren't. So when their coach is trying to give them their final instructions, yes. all they can hear are the Liverpool fans jumping up and down on the top of their change room, singing You'll Never Walk Alone and singing all of their songs that they sing, and it, it's quite distracting. And I was saying to Madge, maybe we can just sneak some some speakers <laughs> into the opposition change room with the burrow singing their songs just constantly while yeah. the, the opposition coach is trying to give the final. Could you imagine someone like Desi Hasler? <laughs> the oh, mad yes. scientist would be ripping his hair yeah, out listening to the burrow, from, yeah. listening to the burrow singing their songs in their dressing room. So, yeah, yeah it's a great, uh, great initiative there from the people at Anfield. Yes, yeah, those little one percenters can make a big difference to the team. So, absolutely, uh, you'd never walk alone would certainly... Uh, Stirs the spirit. Uh, in, a, in a similar vein, um, Port Adelaide uh, never tear us apart from in excess. They they sing that. It's a it's a great song. It's become really iconic with their games as well. I think it's. Um, what sport do they play? Uh, AFL. Oh, s- yeah, right. right. Yes. Sorry, I don't pay attention too no, much. You're too busy <laughs> playing with your Lego blocks, obviously. But <laughs> well, AFL and Origin. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't understand AFL. No, I don't get it. But anyway, that's me. Well, a lot of people feel the same way, Jez, I've got to say. So, uh, I'm sorry I brought it up now. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll go to another we sport. We fought another one, please. <laughs> they played, um, when the Socceroos, I, I remember it in 2006, when we qualified for our World Cup for the first ever time. Um, it was against Croatia, and I think it was in Stuttgart from memory. Um, but they played the iconic Land Down Under from Men at Work. And I, 
you know, that's just such a great song. It's very stirring for most Australians. And being over there, first time Aussie side qualified for a World Cup mm. in the soccer. I don't know if you watch soccer either, Jez, but, um, you know, the, making the World Cup for the first time was a massive effort and I found it quite mm. quite stirring. And, and Denny Green, the boxer, he used to come out to that as well. I'm a bit like the rest of Australia. I watch it at World Cup time. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think yeah. anyone pays too much attention to soccer when uh, when it's not World Cup time. Very true. Yeah. Although I do have a soft spot for our um, our good friends at MacArthur FC in the finals. I thought you were going to say the Italian team. Didn't they rob us in one uh, World Cup? Uh, I think they just changed sides at half Roberto time. Baggio or someone like that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Is it a handball That's or something? That's right. Yeah. It was, yes. That Baggio. might be the last game of soccer I watched. Yes. <laughs> I can understand. Oh, you don't watch well, soccer. And the last yes. one... The last one, <laughs> I couldn't believe. Actually, that's a lie. What's the that? last game of soccer I watched was, not last weekend, the weekend before, the great Pagewood Botany Football Club. Oh, the under, the under six Mavericks. What a great team. What's their song, Jez? They haven't won yet. <laughs> <laughs> They've actually only scored one goal this year. Yeah, right. Yeah, but they have a lot of fun. Yes. And she's made some really good friends, and that's what I wanted her to do. So, it's good. Well said, Jez. What, yeah. a, what a great dad you are. Yeah. Do you like that um, game too? Thank you, mate. I'm going to put that in the promo this week. <laughs> Let's timestamp that. that game. <laughs> He's a very good dad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just ask him. That's three for the three for the show. And then the last one, I couldn't. I know we said it's obvious, but glory, glory, we have to have it in there. It's yeah. a, just a, a great song. I think it's. Um, what about it was recently. Um, and that was Shaq um, yeah. as well, yeah, which is fantastic. So, uh, yeah, my four songs are You'll Never Walk Alone, Never Tear Us Apart, Land Down Under, and, of course, Glory Glory. Very good. There you go. Watch that one up. Four. Four. <laughs> you took them over. Well done, Jim. Hello. Well, obviously, What's on your list? Like, the first one was uh, Liverpool song for me, Never Walk Alone. And actually, the last few years they've put a video out Liverpool, a friend of mine alluded me to alluded it to me. Um, it was a, like a mantra of what Liverpool's all about, and and it was in the background was never walk alone. Mm. And um, what's the manager's name there? The Liverpool manager. I can't, couldn't I can't. tell you. Sam Scontos could tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember, but he's done amazing. Is the fella job in the glasses? They Klopp. They were, yeah, Klopp. That's him. Something That's like, him. Yeah. Well, they, they were similar to us. They hadn't won a, a premiership for many, many, many years. And, um, you know, he got them there. And they, they, in the mantra, they talk about, you know, they don't have managers, they have guardians. And with, with that song, you know, Never Walk Alone in the background, it, it's just a, a real caring song that, of togetherness. And that's what mm. the club's been built on for many, many years. And that's why they've been so successful. And they finally got back to their winning ways and... Uh, you know, I, I thought it was significant when when I saw that video. It was, a, it was a great, a great video put together to support their club, and, and that song was the the basis of it. You know, so um, obviously, glory, glory uh, goes without saying, and and also our our song that that only the players know that that's sung our vic- our actual uh, historical victory song of now that yeah. we're all around the bar. I mean, that's that's one that. Uh, goes out now after the game, obviously. Um, and that was one of the big mystiques of the Rabbitohs that nobody really knew that song unless you'd played or unless you coached mm. here. And it, it's gone out now and everyone knows it, but that was something that had built over the history of our club. 
Um, and yeah, you know, when it first went out publicly as a, as a result of what the media rules and that were now, I was a little bit concerned because I thought it was something that we had that just defined the players that have played at the club. But now it's gone out, it's great that everyone sees it and the boys get involved in it. And like everyone has who's ever had a victory at, at the Rabbitohs, they, they, they know the words of that song and they, mm. they sing it with gusto and they sing it with a lot of meaning. And that's, that's the great thing about, about our club. Um, Don't the boys go through some water and Powerade yeah, in that song do. too? Yeah, they do. They uh, <laughs> do. No, it's, it's good that they embrace it though, Jez. They realise it's part it of It is. It's fantastic to be in there they've when they're put, singing it. They've put, their, they've put their own spin on it too, which is good. Um, yep. Just in times, changes in generations. And that's what's happened through, you know, from our glory days in the 60s and 70s and through the 80s, the start of the this century. And now, you know, things, things change as, as far as people interpret things. And... And they've put their interpretation on and kept the words, and it's great. It's great. Mm. Another song I like is the Australian cricket team's victory song. Um, Beneath the Southern Cross I Stand, a native of this native land. Sorry, no. Be, be, beneath the Southern Cross I Stand, a sprig of wattle in my hand. A native of this native land, Australia, you bucking beauty. <laughs> <laughs> All right? And again, that, that, that holds great tradition. And that, that's... That's sort of the things I love about about songs in victory and and things that represent um, that represents a nation and the cricketers that play for Australia and it represents our people as well. Um, so that's a great song. But that, one of the one of the great memories I've had in sport in all of my life is and it's not a victory song, but it was I used to as I've mentioned we've alluded to I think we all did when we were younger we get up and watch the the tests. The rugby league tests played in England in we- at Wembley, and also the the FA Cup Grand Finals. As as a kid, that's why I used to get up and watch all of them live. And mm. the uh, stirring moment was, you know, the the God Save the Queen, the the British and English national anthem. You know, before you know a, a hundred thousand people at Wembley, and you hear them sing it together. If, if that doesn't, you know. You know, make the hairs on your back stand up. Nothing will, and I think that's mm. that's really important. The the other things you see in in a lot of the um, you know the Welsh national anthem and that it's just it's just great moments in 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 sporting cultures around the world. You know that mm. that uh, you know just highlights the passion that different different nations have for their sport. Uh, and I, I'm also a big fan of the New Zealand national anthem. I think. Um, it just combines uh, their history very well, and uh, you know, singing in the two different dialogues tells you a lot about the unification and that that's happened in, in in New Zealand over the years as well, which is a is a great thing. Yep, I agree. Well, I've stuck with a bit of a rugby league theme with mine, of course. Glory, glory! I get I get to have a bit of a unique um, look at how that song affects people because. Being out in the middle of the field as we bring the team out onto the field down the tunnel, when you hear that drum roll start at the yes. start of the song, everyone gets on their feet. Yep. It's like it's an amazing trigger just to watch all the members on that western side that that surround the tunnel, four and five bays, both sides of the tunnel. Everybody stands up when that drum roll starts at the start of the song, and I'm not. I don't notice that at other clubs. It, it's usually. Um, person that's in my role the ground announcer or something that's getting them on their feet rather than the actual song yep. 
Uh, but that drum roll, it's it's iconic, and as soon as you hear it, you know what song it is. You know what song it is. I've picked some other um, some other songs from when I was growing up that sort of stick with me from from a time growing up. One stand aside with the the North Sydney Bears. It's a great old traditional song. Um, and you wouldn't hear it too many times in victory, but you'd hear it as they ran out of the field when I was when I was a young oh, bloke. Geez, you'd hear it. Yeah. <laughs> you'd, hear, <laughs> you'd hear them. You'd hear it as they ran out onto the field, and that was a great old traditional song, particularly when you'd go to the away game at North Sydney Oval, and you'd have the big tree there, and all the kids hanging out of the tree, and trying to uh, catch the ball as the the goals were kicked through into into the tree. It's a gorgeous old ground. You're right, Jesse. It is, yeah. Overlooking the harbour. Yeah. Can you give us a couple of renditions? Cause I, I can't. can't. Can picture the song? I can't. A couple, a couple of verses. No, I can't. Come on. No, I shan't be doing any singing <laughs> this morning. Um, the second one is the Tigers song, Here Come the Tigers, another old traditional song. Um, Wear the black and gold, stout-hearted men, noble and bold. It just It's another traditional song like Glory, Glory to South Sydney. And um, they had a few more victories when I was um, when I was coming through and um, those semi-finals um, in the the mid to late 80s when it was always Souths and the Tigers and, and Canberra there's some yes. real lasting memories and I remember um, when I was a kid all the semi-finals were played at the footy stadium when the, it was the late 80s when the footy stadium was open so you wouldn't have a home ground advantage necessarily so it was a top five and everything would be played at, at the footy stadium and you could buy a package where you got tickets to every game, including the grand final. And I remember my my mum used to buy those for us as a family. So we were Saturday and Sunday, all four weeks of the finals at every game, whether Souths were playing or not. So you'd hear all these other songs yes. and experience all the the other fans. And so the Tigers one sticks with me. And, and mentioning those late 80s period, the Green Machine song for the Canberra Raiders. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's... Um, that's a song that, that sticks with me. And, and my best mate actually lives next door to Laurie Daly. And I was horrified that since the birth of my mate's three children, I've signed them up as members and they all love the Rabbitohs. But I went over there one day recently and they're singing the Green Machine song. So Laurie's obviously jumped the fence, <laughs> started teaching these kids the Green Machine song. And uh, I just had to remind Laurie that there are much better chance of singing Glory Glory this October than, than they are the Green Machine oh, Another song. one. <laughs> anyway, anyway, they were my songs. You seem a little bit down today, Shannon. No, no, Is everything I'm, okay? I'm, I'm fine. I'm Loving life, Jez. Loving life. Loving life. Lo- loving life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, he looks a bit flat. Uh, yes. <laughs> Everywhere but his belly, Jez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, excellent. mate. I'm going to put my sun cream on that belly with a paint roller. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll be rubbing it a while. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, we'll be back after this break. Now, Rabbitohs Corporate Hospitality is, is back this year with our home games. We've got a few home games coming up and, and some with a bit of travel as well to the Sunshine Coast and the, the Central Coast. And we're hoping that this COVID situation clears up pretty quickly so that we can make sure that we can get everyone up there to the Sunshine Coast and, and out of Sydney to the uh, the Central Coast. But if you're looking at enjoying any of our games in style, Corporate Hospitality is the way to go. 
it's great. You get looked after, you get well fed, uh, well watered. Um, the hospitality service is fantastic. You also, as we've said before, get to run into some of the boys. If they're injured, not playing, they, they head into the corporate rooms and do a bit of Q&A and mingle with the guests there. And we often have legends in there as well. It's, a, it's just a great game day experience. So uh, anybody who's looking for a great day out at the football, um, the corporate hospitality is a good way to go. Very good. Speaking of, you mentioned Brad Wright here earlier on. He really enjoys the corporate hospitality out of game days. He's always got guests in there and promoting the club through the corporate hospitality he gets with his sponsorship. He does. He's a great supporter of the club. Not only is he a life member and the club historian, but he's also uh, supports the club through um, his purchasing of sponsorship and hospitality with us. And uh, he's in the Churchill Club nearly every week with some of his guests and uh, really enjoys it and, and takes advantage of the hospitality in there. and the Shannon Donato Uber service to and from the games above and beyond the call of duty <laughs> always for this club there's I'm happy to drive uh, Brad and I've had a few special guests Steve McDermott who, who heads up the old boys I've driven him out a couple of times and even even uh, Norm Komacek, um Brad's mate I drove him out recently as well had the pleasure of their company so Always Rabbitohs going above and beyond for We'll, our, we'll have to add that to corporate.rabbitohs.com.au <laughs> as an option you can select. A lift with Shannon Donato, co-host of the uh, t- Rabbitohs Top 4 podcast. Indeed. Yeah. You, you get the live version. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Righto, jump on uh, corporate.rabbitohs.com.au to check out all of those options. Now, our trivia question from last week centred around the legendary Shannon Donato. He often claims to be the most capped Rabbitohs reserve grade player in history, but we've established that that's not quite true. I couldn't even well, get that title. That's <laughs> so, with a lot of other things that come out of his mouth, Jez. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we've done a bit of research, and the three questions were how many reserve grade games did Donato play for Souths? Who has played the most reserve grade games for Souths in its history? And how many reserve grade games did they play in their career? So, uh, Elo, I'm tipping you haven't looked this up. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go to Shannon. Let's see okay, if he's gone back through all his old... Jerry. Yeah, <laughs> let's see if he's gone back through the old big leagues and found the answers. I'll say 56. Oh, games? Yes. 52 games. Oh, is that right? 52 reserve grade games? 52 reserve grade games. You're equal 59th okay. on the list. And one of them is your good mate, Paul the Huntsman McNicholas. Really? He's he also played 52 reserve grade right? games, which is quite unbelievable. You scored 52 points in 52 games. Did I really? A reserve grade from 13 tries. That's not a bad effort, actually. Averaging, uh, averaging a point a game for yeah. a hooker. Yeah. It's not there bad in reserve grade. Not yeah. bad. Yeah. Now... <laughs> <laughs> the second part, who has played the most reserve grade games for South Sydney? Yes. Um, has has he been a guest on this show? No. So it's not? Okay, I was thinking maybe uh, Steve Fanny, but no. No. Okay. No, the gentleman's name was Jim Tate. Okay. Now, answering the third part of the Tatey. question, he played a... Sorry, Ella? Tatey. Tatey. Oh, yeah. That's what they called him. Um <laughs> He played 137 wow. second grade games for the club. Really? Between 1924 and 1936. He scored 41 tries and 166 goals for 455 points in second grade. And he played 17 first grade uh. games. Now, that to me 
is the ultimate clubman. That is. Someone yeah. that's willing to play that much second-grade football for the chance to play first-grade yes. at South Sydney. He's played 137 second-grade games Do you know what years for 17 first-grade games. Sorry? Do you know what years he played? It was 1924 okay. to 1936. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So nearly a century ago. So, but, Elo, so you played with him, Elo? Was he, <laughs> was he like a good bloke? I think he might have coached Elo in the Harold Matts. <laughs> Yes, oh, yeah, that is amazing. Funny. You know what? I'm glad we're going through these. It's uh, it's unheralded, really. The the, the reserve grade games. It's their records that should be spoken of more often. Just. Well, so thank you for bringing it to the to everyone's <laughs> very, attention. You, you just don't see that anymore. No, you don't see a lot of guys that play all of that level of what is now New South Wales Cup sticking around and playing a lot of those a lot of those games. I remember there was a a winger that played with the Bears who. Um, actually played first grade with us. I don't know if he played a first grade game or a first grade trial, but his name was Curtis Johnston. And he's played yeah. well over 100 first grade games for the Bears. Right. Um, but was part of our squad here and was training in pre-seasons and often came up and, and trained throughout the year. But he's another guy like that that's willing to keep plying his trade for the club that he loved. He was a North Sydney Bear through and through yep. um, when they were affiliated with us. Um but just for that chance to play first grade. And yes. you just don't see it a lot anymore. Well, I think uh, it's difficult uh, yeah. these days, Jez, because, you know, back back then they used to work and, and it was just more a, a part-time, an amateur sort of semi-professional sport. Yeah. I think nowadays with the, you know, the the limited numbers, obviously, in the top squad and, yeah. you know, having part-times, it makes it a lot, a lot more difficult to do that. Yeah. But you've got guys like... For example, within our squad, you've, we mentioned him before, Buddy Gordon, yeah, who's still still running around, made his debut when he was 17 years old. I think he's 32 or 33 now and just wants to to play for South Sydney and we've given him that opportunity and he, he trains hard part-time. He's one of the part-time players and you just don't, as you say, hello, with the way the squads are, yeah. are now, if you've got 34, 35 players in your top squad with your development players, 17 are playing first grade, a majority of the others are playing um, in that second grade team, you don't have a lot of these part-time guys getting too many opportunities anymore. But guys like Buddy, they keep putting their their hand up and they're they're getting a game. Absolutely, and still adds a lot of value. You know, he's experienced. He's been around the game for a long time. And for the young guys, like I say, a young Pete Mamazoulas who comes up and you know on his way to first grade, and he's obviously going to have a great first grade career, Pete. But to come on playing besides like Buddy and guys like Buddy and benefit off the years of experience playing besides those guys, mm. it's, it's an invaluable lesson mm. for them. So they're, they're invaluable to the club. Now our trivia question for next week, again in the, the Origin theme because we're coming up to Origin 2. Who was South Sydney's first State of Origin player? Now the hint was he played for New South Wales in the first game back in 1980. Now I think a lot of people may think they know who it was, but it might be someone a bit different to what they're thinking. Now, another hint for you. If you tune into the latest episode of Rabbitohs Radio here on the, uh, the Rabbitohs Podcast Network with Chaps Mavo and Brownie, they, they actually feature this guy as they're remembering a Rabbitoh this week. So okay. if you want a bit, of a, a bit of a head start on this answer ahead of next week, make sure you jump onto your podcast app and tune into the latest episode of Rabbitohs Radio and they'll tell you all about this, this gentleman before we reveal the answer next week. What a week. great cross-promotion that Isn't is. Isn't it fantastic? You're, it's like you've done this before. <laughs> <laughs> so that, we will give you that answer next week. We'll be back after this short break. 
Now, if you're looking for your next epic holiday, maybe a long weekend with your mates, or you need to get to the next game, then it's time to What If It. What If has great deals on accommodation, flights, car hire, and more. Plus, because they're the official travel partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, you can head to whatif.com slash rabbitohs and use the promo code rabbitohs15 to save 15% on select hotels. Now, conditions apply there, but jump on to whatif.com slash rabbitohs. Use that promo code rabbitohs15 to save 15% on select hotels. And what if it's Aussie for travel? And, and Ello, now you're in the bubble. You, I'm sure you'll be hanging out on that what if website to, to book an end-of-season trip. Yes, I will be, Jez. I'm sure Raylene will get on it as well. She uh, normally does all the organisation there. Um, yeah, it's... It's always great to, to do something at the end of the season and uh, particularly now, I mean, it, you know, going overseas is basically out of the question. So a lot of destinations in Australia and, and what if give a, a great discount to, to all our members, which is great. Absolutely. So jump on to whatif.com slash Rabbitohs. Use that promo code Rabbitohs15 to save 15% on select hotels. <laughs> Alrighty, it's time for Ello's Joke of the Week. Well, it's come around quickly again, Jez. Um, it's just a story, actually, about um, a mate of mine about 20, 25 years ago. Uh, he went in, you know, the old-fashioned fish and chip shops where, you know, there's, uh, you know you'd, you'd have sometimes a, a family-run business and they had the big grill there. You'd do the hamburgers, they'd have the big... Vats of oil to throw the fish and chips and the old battered salves. You know about them, Shannon. The battered salves <laughs> and the, 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 chick, the chico it. rolls and everything like that. that well, anyway, he walked. He walked into the shop and the the uh, the mother. She's quite a big big lady, and uh, you know he, she said, "What would you like?" She had the bunger the bunger hanging out of mouth and the the hair net on and everything like that. What would you like? She said. Uh, he said, "I'll have two hamburgers, please." So anyway, she's taken out. Back in the day, you remember they'd take out the roll of mints, okay? She took out two rolls of mints. She put one roll of mints under her arm and squashed it down like that. Got the other one under her arm and squashed it down like that and then threw it on the, on the grill. That was a way of flattening them out. And, she's, and <laughs> she said to my mate, she said, would you like anything else? He said, oh, I was going to have a couple of hot dogs, but I think I'll pass on them. <laughs> Excellent. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) You got better than a very good. You got an excellent. Yeah. Well, you gave him a very good, so I had to give him an excellent. (laughs) Well, we're back to you, Shannon. Bring it on. Bring it on. That was very good, Ello. Very, very, very good. (laughs) So, that's going to be hard to beat next week. I'll do my best. Well, thank you, everyone, again, for listening. Make sure you give us your topic suggestions at rabbitos.com.au slash podcasts or contact us via Twitter using at SSFC Rabbitos. Make sure you give us a glowing review and a, a five-star rating if you think we deserve one, of course, on, our, on the podcast app that you're listening to. It helps us move up the rankings and make it easier for others to find us on their podcast apps. And as we said, tune into the other podcasts on the Rabbitos Podcast Network, including... 
including the Rabbitohs radio team of Chaps, Mavo and Brownie. They're, as always, they're doing a great job over there. In the, in the latest episode, they have a, a good chat with Tasha Gale, um, one of the legends of the, the women's game who actually played for South Sydney um, in some tournaments in the, the late 90s. Um, and her brothers you would have played against. Ello, the Gale boys, Brett and Scott. Yes, yes, I did. Um, I, play, I played with Brett too in the Australian schoolboys back in, in 1981. And uh, I got to know Scott and, and uh, he, he's you know, family, not too bad, you know. And mm. uh, it was devastating news when, when Scott passed away. Mm. I think it was uh, like a motor neuron disease back then. It was one of the you know, early, early days where you didn't know really what it was about, you know. And uh, mm. he was a magnificent footballer, Scott Gale. Uh, Brett, Brett yeah. was a good player, but, but Scott was a real gifted player, played you know, a lot of first-grade games for the, the Balmain Tigers. Yeah, Ta- Tasha tells a very touching story about, about Scott and, and his struggles with, with MND and, of course, our club's touched by that through, through the Burgess brothers and their, yes. their father passing away from that. But Tasha actually moved in with a brother to help him um, and to nurse him through the, the final moments of... Of life um, when he was suffering from MND. So, a very touching story there, and one well worth listening to um, on the Rabbitohs radio podcast. We've also got the Rabbitohs Insider podcast. We've got all our midweek interviews, and we can't forget Wayne's interview before each game. It's always a barrel of laughs. So, um, jump on the Rabbitohs podcast network on your podcast app and subscribe. Give us a rating, give us a review, and uh, help others to find the Rabbitohs podcast network as well. And as it always is, the Rabbitohs Top 4 podcast. It's powered by Audio Technica and proudly presented by What If. And Ello, thank you for joining us all the way from, from Redfern Oval as we get ready for the game against the Tigers next week. Pleasure to be here again, Jez. Um, we just wish all our, all our boys, both New South Welshmen and, and, and Queensland, is playing the Origin on Sunday all the very best and hope they come through injury-free, obviously. Uh, and then we'll, we'll see them all back out at Leichhardt hopefully on, on, on Sunday week. Um, and Shannon, where's lunch today, mate? I'm actually, funny funny you say that, I'm actually going to a restaurant, a new restaurant. It's um, it's called Karma, is the name of the restaurant. Karma. Uh, th- there's no menu, you just get what you deserve. <laughs> 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 I'm looking forward to... Uh, so Shannon's getting a rice cake <laughs> today. <Yes>. <laughs> Very good. Very good. <laughs> Steer clear of the hot dogs. Yes, uh, yes. We're, we're recording on a Friday today. Isn't that normally a Pinocchio's day? It is. Ooh. It is. Well said, Jez. Gee. Very good. Pinocchio's here at Junior's at Kingsford. Fantastic oh, restaurant. And the, the Billy, Billy and his family yes. there. Great I know people. what Jez is going to have before he even sits down. He has the same thing every week. Honestly. You know, he has the same bird. What's that garlic the, bread? It's like watching an episode of Groundhog Day. I love it. I love sitting down and you saying, do you know what you want, mate? I go, yes, yeah, of course you do. You should see him eating it, hello. Honestly, he's got the Bosco Yola. looks like a a bulldog eating porridge, honestly. It's just everywhere. It's flicking. It's flying. It's unbelievable. Uh, (laughs) Did you do the big... The shout-out to James Donato, who still owes us lunch. Last time I was with... um, with Jeremy, he had the Boschiello. He ate that much spaghetti, he burped and lassoed three people. 
<laughs> oh, you finished on today. Hello, well done. Good joke. Good joke. And that. Very good. Oh, excellent. Well, as we said, we're brought to you by Audio Technica, proudly presented by What If, and we will see you again next week. Thanks for listening to the Rabbitohs Top 4 Podcast. Powered by Audio Technica and proudly presented by What If, official travel and pathways partner of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Support the club and visit whatif.com forward slash Rabbitohs to book your next trip. Don't forget to use the code Rabbitohs15 to get 15% off select hotels. Conditions apply. What If, it's Aussie for travel. Please leave us a five-star rating and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Up the rabbit eyes.